You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm excited. This episode is a coaching episode, and I have um, Jenea Sadler on. And um, I just want to say you're a person that I feel like I've been following in the virtual world for a while now because you're you're really good at communicating things in your business and, and what's going on. So I'm like really excited that you're um, on the show. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Maureen. It's a pleasure to be here today. Um, so we're talking today about how to get organized behind the scenes. And I'm really intrigued um, by that uh, statement because that's what you put on the coaching um, application. So I'm excited to see what it is behind the scenes that you're wanting to organize and, and how I can possibly help a little bit. Yeah, you've been so helpful already. I enjoy all of the information and feedback that you provide on the site as well as in the group. It has been very valuable to my practice. So thank you for that. Um, And I'm just so excited to talk to you one-on-one today. Um, So behind the scenes, I know that is very broad. Um, So when I look at behind the scenes, I look at space. Um, But of course, with telehealth, I'm not going to talk a lot about that today, um, unless if you're going to give me some tips on how to keep my house clean. (laughs) But then I think about tech and I think about G Suite managing email. I'm pretty good with that. And then I think about time management techniques and like that's productivity hacks, um, things like that. But today I want to focus more about on how to organize what's next. Um, I feel like my practice is at a good place where I'm delegating. I'm semi-following clockwork. Um, I'm doing less work. I'm only seeing about five people a week, um, but I'm still having problems on what to focus on next as like overall design work. Ooh, that's a good Mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me, what is it that you're, where's where's your business? I know you said you're at seeing around five clients, Mm -hmm. um, which is really good in terms of being able to focus the design work, right? Um, yeah, you said you're following clockwork mostly. <laughs> where, where, Trying to. <laughs> yeah. uh, is there an area before we highlight the design part of it that you're um, 
not fully focusing on? Or is it that you're, you feel like you're doing good enough in it? I'm good enough in that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so with design work, obviously, mm-hmm. for those that aren't listening, that's part of Mike Michalowicz's book, Clockwork. Um, and uh, he talks about the 4Ds and, and uh, the design work is kind of the where you want to get to as a business owner, um, where you're essentially doing that visionary work. So if you think of design, think of vision. Um, so back to you. Um, do you, what, do you have a business plan? Yeah. So I, yeah, I have a business plan on what I need to work on, focus on. Let me tell you a little bit about, um, my practice, Urban Healing, located in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have four clinicians, which consists of, um, a full-time clinical director, two part-time clinicians. Um, and within those two part-time, one is fully and two other ones are, um, associate license. Um, I recently hired an admin staff, which is VA, um, and she does billing, scheduling, EMR. Um, and I don't know if you remember, I just transitioned from notes to Theranet. So that was like a huge big thing. I should have did it years and years ago. Um, so those are kind of where I'm at in my private practice. And so when I think about like design work, um, is like, do I focus on clinical stuff um, as far as like documentation training for my employees? Am I focusing on workplace culture? Um, do I do more systems and pay attention to dashboards and metrics? Am I supposed to do marketing next, accounting? Um, am I supposed to cultivate my leadership skills right now? Um, so I feel like I have a little bit more free time since I've hired this admin staff, um, but I'm still at what to do next. Um. Have you read Mike McCallowitz's book, Fix This Next? No, I haven't. <laughs> you haven't? Um, it's It is reminding me a mm-hmm. lot about uh, the question that you're bringing up. Mm-hmm. Um, because essentially, he talks about, you know, what you should be fixing next. And I know mm-hmm. you're bringing up, you know, the design, design work. Mm-hmm. And in his book, Fix This Next... Um, mm-hmm. He talks about it's it's similar to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but mm-hmm. it's the business hierarchy of needs. And essentially, there's a and, and um, we can talk a little bit about this and maybe mm-hmm. pinpoint something. But um, there's essentially um, you start at the base, which is sales, and there's a few questions that you can ask or answer um, where you can find out if sales area is an issue that you should be focusing on. Next comes profit. Um, There's a couple of profit-related questions. And then there's order, which is like the organizational structuring piece. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where some of the things you were mentioning, like should I be focusing on um, admin stuff or intake stuff, Mm -hmm. will come in. And then there's impact. And then there's legacy. So impact Mm -hmm. impact on your community. And is that an area that you should be focusing on? And then legacy is like making the business go beyond you. And Mm so um, he talks about each of those stages. And essentially what you do forever, as long as you own a business is you, is you go through, um, and find out what your next is that you need to be focusing on. And, um, when that thing gets fixed, you take it that that test essentially is like a test you could take. You take it over again and see, um, cause it's not, you don't, go up and then get to the top. Same with like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you might be, you know, getting towards self-actualization, but if your house catches on fire, you move back down to the base and have to find, you know, a safe place to stay. 
um, and it's similar for business. And so um, my, my thought would be is that figuring out what to work on next in your business, mm-hmm. um, using something like Fix This Next is a great tool to use to see where is there maybe a gap or a hole that you haven't been, um, you know, focusing on that you yeah. can focus on. And then, you know, the whole point of it is then to, you know, make sure that you're spending all of your time focusing on that one piece until you fix it. Yeah. That makes sense. It so, does. Um, I mean, I guess let's go through it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for sales, that's the base and you're going to, I just want you to let me know. Yes, this, this looks good to me and we're doing this in a very mm-hmm. quick version of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just to, to, to see where, where you feel like you land. Um, but when it comes to sales, uh, do you feel like your clients uh, and your clinicians are collecting um, on their income, right? Like are clients paying their, for the most part, paying their, for their mm-hmm. sessions? Or do you feel like there's a gap in um, payments? And there are mm-hmm. like a, what you would say is an unordinary amount of payments that aren't being collected either by insurance or by clients. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, we're good with that, but they're not full. Um, and okay. the reason why they're not full is is because I'm doing less marketing because I'm scared that the behind the scenes things are not fixed. <laughs> so, okay. so uh, I mean, very really quickly, mm-hmm. my my uh, I mean, we wouldn't even have to go much further than that. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. sales realm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, that's not collecting on commitments. Um, obviously, it sounds like you're doing okay on that. Yeah, we've done uh, great with that. Yeah, but uh, are you having an issue with client conversions, like converting people into clients, or is it getting people to call? Um, things? Two things. So now that I'm having the time to pay attention to metrics is um, retention. I have two new provisionally licensed employees and I'm finding um, that retention is an issue. And then I'm having, I'm not doing any marketing. Um, One therapist is full time. My full-time therapist is full. Um, So yeah, so some of it is retention and it is because a lot, maybe more can come in the door and I'm not because I'm scared that they're not going to know what to do when they are, when they do come in the door. <laughs> okay. So it's sounding like two, two things related yeah. to it. Um, mm-hmm. One is uh, administrative, right. Mm-hmm. In, in the marketing realm and getting yeah. more people to know that you exist and, mm-hmm. and fall. But the second piece is um, more of a clinical issue. And that's maybe towards uh, relating to retention and, mm-hmm. um, is this an issue that's related to, te- so this is something that we've been doing our own data on is seeing, um, cause we track retention mm-hmm. normally, but we've been tracking, um, a shorter term retention, just two sessions to see if people return after their mm-hmm. first session mm-hmm. on telehealth and, uh, establishing rapport is a little bit different via telehealth mm-hmm. than it is in person. Right. So, Absolutely. um, your retention, is it, is that your historic retention or is this like, COVID time retention. Mm-hmm. I'm just beginning to track this and I we should have been tracking it. Overall, I'm just looking at like really three sessions. Are they coming back? And partly, and a big issue I see is that this is private pay. So my provisionally licensed are at a, an affordable private pay mm-hmm. um, while I'm getting them, you know, credentialed. Um, so you're, you're basing <laughs> your... Um, retention around three sessions and you're finding mm-hmm. that the two provisional people are 
not retaining whatever percentage of clients that you you yeah appropriate. Okay, mm-hmm. so I would I would literally focus on that first. Okay. Uh, one because it's uh, a quick fix. Uh, mm-hmm. Marketing can be a, a quick fix, but it's also more of a long-term haul in some ways, right? Because it's about uh, establishing no like and trust factor. So mm-hmm. um, there aren't many ways to get just a blast of new people in by doing one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like to start with the things that can have like short, quick success. And so um, I would initially focus on retention um, because you don't need as many new clients coming in the door if clinicians retain their existing clients. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the issue of getting new clients in the door goes down a little bit. Obviously it's, it's a secondary thing to work on, but it becomes less, slightly less important when those that are coming in are, um, are keeping the clients that they have. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a, a pool with the hole. If it, if you can plug the hole, you're not going to have to worry as much about filling new water in every time. Mm-hmm. So, um, this essentially is, is a, is a coaching issue. And so I would, uh, does your team know your retention expectations or Mm -hmm. is it something that you have on your end? On my end, because it's so new, like literally like in the last two to three weeks, I've been paying attention to it. Um, so yeah, I would use this as an opportunity to to Mm -hmm. talk with them about retention what it means to you and your business, mm-hmm. why it's important that it has not, you know, for me, what, when we explained it, um, you know, I mentioned it's not about like trying to make an arbitrary number that is really unattainable for you. Mm-hmm. It's not about trying to find you doing something wrong or not being good enough at something. Um, it's not something for you to be competitive about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really one way for us to ensure that client needs are being met and, um, you know, and that uh, low retention isn't necessarily meaning that you aren't a good therapist. It can mean things outside of, of you specifically in your skills. It could be that you need to grow in your skills and that might be one reason for retention. Um, but it could be a host of other things. And then just, um, you know, you're in a great um, position because they don't yet know to really make this a positive thing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of group owners uh, talk about it when their staff have low retention. Um, but you're, since you haven't had this conversation, you can start yeah. fresh from the beginning to say um, this, what having good retention will do is not only help clients get the help that they need um, so that they're not leaving and potentially not finding another therapist, mm-hmm. um, but it also helps with your own satisfaction because you feel good, right? We as therapists feel good when we feel like we're doing good work. But if yeah. we have clients that are leaving after one or two sessions every single time or most of the time, it doesn't, it's not going to help that per, that therapist who has low retention, whether they say it out loud or not, is going to have some feelings about why clients aren't staying, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's also uh, increases client, uh, clinician satisfaction, staff satisfaction. So that's the, I would, I would bring that up and then say, um, you know, what my goal will be is for you to know your retention um, so that you feel like you have an, an objective grasp on your work. We ha- mm-hmm. Every job on the planet has this. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we, when we get into the feelings um, kind of job, like being a therapist, we like to take objectives and measurements away because it feels too non-human and, and touchy yeah. and connecting. Um, but it, I mean, in every job there is, I worked, you know, my first job was at 
um, Hallmark mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> cards, doing selling cards. And um, we had like objectives on how many, like how if we if we were doing our jobs well, um, there was a handful of things, things like you know client or not client, uh, customer complaints or whatever. But um, how well uh, the cards were stocked. They had like some way of measuring every day at the end of the day that cards were restocked the way they needed to be. Um, and then also they have those like trinkets and stuff, you know, like yeah. those kind of things. Um, they had a, they had an expectation on how many trinkets, like you had to just try to almost like try to upsell them and not just get a card, but like buy these random flowers with balloons that are sitting <laughs> on the shelf, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. And so those that were selling those things, um, you know, obviously we're getting, uh, you know, we're doing their, their job air quote job well. Um, and so every job has this. And so it's just getting, um, to a place where they understand that, this is one way for them to even self-measure that things are going well. And then yeah. uh, I expand on that by saying, I want you to look at retention. And those mm-hmm. that are listening don't get to have my visuals right now because I can <laughs> help with this <laughs> with me move my hands around. Um, it does. But that retention is like the separate issue over here. And then me and you are side by side right here. And we're looking at retention as, mm-hmm. the, as the, a potential problem. But you and me are over here. Retention doesn't equal you. You are not the problem. Retention might become a problem. If it ever does, we're going to look at retention over there in the corner at at that problem. And you and me together are going to action plan and see what could be uh, contributing to it. Um, And I would, in the beginning, give examples so they can get a sense that it really isn't always about them. We can see it could be that the bio on the website isn't clear enough and Mm -hmm. that the wrong type of clients are uh, being attracted to you and scheduling. It could be that our intake person is um, doesn't quite know your specialty like you mm-hmm. like they should, um, and we need to maybe have you sit down and talk with them a little bit more about who your ideal clients are, so that they're not referring you the wrong type of clients that are again. Yeah. Maybe it is a clinical skill issue, and you need mm-hmm. they need more supervision because they're provisionally licensed. Yeah, it, it could make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a rapport building thing, so maybe their clinical skills mm-hmm. are good. Their first, especially if it, if people are leaving after their one or two sessions, it mm-hmm. might be. Like how how are you having that first session? You know, are yeah. you um, you know not give? Are you doing like a very? I know depending on where you're coming from, mm-hmm. people are very clinical in the beginning and like yeah. checklist asking questions like mm-hmm. hey, suicidal? Have you been homicide? And like yeah, not like agency based. Based, <laughs> right? That's how ours was. And I remember it was a big shift to just like talk. Yeah, you'll be able to get the important information, historical information that you need, mm-hmm. but without it being so like you know uh, doctor's office checklisty. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it could, it could be that, um, it could be that, um, you know, a whole host of other things, but it, as you can see, 90% of the things I mentioned have nothing to do with the therapist themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Or the process, right. Um, behind the scenes. Um, it could also be, you know, what are they saying in that first session when it comes to returning? Are they saying, you know, mm-hmm. let me know if you want to come back. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little bit, uh, more authoritative in saying uh-huh. the way therapy works best with me is scheduled weekly. We'll touch base every month and see how things are going. Yeah, you know, they're feeling like the therapist is being a little bit more directive, at least in that sense. Absolutely, um, and I think that will help a lot with being directive. Um, and because our clientele, this is the first time that they're in treatment, so I always, you know, try to tell teach them how to do therapy. So I think that is will be very helpful. Um, so pay attention to retention and the numbers. Okay. Yeah, so, and then I would um, set up some way 
to normalize Mm -hmm. looking at retention Mm -hmm. so that, um, you know, so that they feel connected to it in, in that it's not, you know, like I said, not this negative thing. And so Mm -hmm. once you have the discussion, I would just, as a leader, make sure that you're, um, checking back in, um, Mm -hmm. when retention, let's say, isn't great. And you have that initial discussion and you action plan like, okay, we're going to go and whenever you talk to the uh, intake person so that she can give you better referrals because it looks like a few of those. And another way of, um, of seeing where retention might be a problem is going into Theranest, mm-hmm. looking at the notes of clients who are active and, mm-hmm. and retained and saying like, what do they have in common? What are some things yeah. those people have in common? And then looking at the ones that were not retained. And having them and asking, you know, that clinician, what are some things that these people have in common? Were they all couples? Were they all, um, I don't know, young children? Like maybe Mm -hmm. there's some data that shows like um, that there's some trends that are uh, letting that person know and and you know, hey, there's something um, very specific about the type of clients that are coming back. Um, And that is good information that you guys can use either – you know, do training behind or maybe not have, you know, those be their ideal clients. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would look at that first and then just make sure that you're checking in on them. Cause that's where, that's where group owners stop is they have the mm-hmm. conversation and they think, okay, check. Now that person's going to fix their retention. It <laughs> yeah. really doesn't happen. Um, and so it, there it really has to be ongoing conversations. Um, even when retention is good, because mm-hmm. if we're only talking about it when retention is bad, then it becomes this punitive negative thing, even when we say it's not. So even when retention is good to say, uh, how are you feeling about your case? So it doesn't always have to be about talking about retention, but saying, you know, it looks like your t- retention is really good. How do you feel about the clients that you have on your caseload mm-hmm. right now? Does everyone feel aligned with your, um, you know, with your, your specialty and, and who you like to work with and all that stuff? Um, because it opens the door for them to give feedback. Um, on, you know, if intake is giving them still, because you might have some clinicians who are good at retaining clients, even though they might have clients that aren't their ideal, right? Yeah. Plays a part of uh, overall satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, you can then focus on, especially because you're smaller, you're the one that's doing all of this. I don't want to put mm-hmm. both the marketing aspect and the yeah. aspect on you at once. I would focus, you know, whole, what Mike says, fix this next one thing. Yeah. And that's something that can be fixed relatively quickly. Um, and you can start seeing changes on within, you know, the next couple of new intakes that they get, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Then you can focus on the second potential issue, which might not be as big of an issue if people are retaining. You might be getting enough clients for the amount of- Oh, no. Yeah, we're not getting enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it? You might be, and it just might look uh-huh. like- not look like it, yeah. Full in in retention, and so it mm-hmm. feels like we have so many clients. But then you can focus on mm-hmm. the getting acquiring new people. Yeah. Um, that's where it's it's a little bit of a longer game because you mm-hmm. have you know people typically come because they learn to know like and trust your business. And yeah. so my first starting point, and um, mm-hmm. I don't want to give too much stuff because it'll feel overwhelming. But I would start with because this will give you some feedback right now, and you can do this actually right now at the same time. Mm-hmm. Is Make sure your intake paperwork has a very clear where were you referred from. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine is every place that I'm marketing. Like when I put a new newspaper flyer, a flyer Mm -hmm. in a newspaper, I actually put that as a referral source in because now are you doing, um, you have like a paper form or a digital form? Digital forms that we're tracking. Yeah. I would add, and I wouldn't be general. I wouldn't have like Mm -hmm. Google 
uh, social media, like is it Instagram or Facebook, yes, you know, so more Facebook. specific. Yes. Okay. I have Instagram because I do both. Now, if you don't mm-hmm. do both, I do do both. Okay. But mm-hmm. I would put them separately because you'll find, you know, even if you're putting the same sort of information on there, maybe your guys' ideal clients are found more on Instagram than you can post. Definitely on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is funny because ours is Facebook. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, if you're, if you have a flyer at a doctor's office, putting, mm-hmm. putting flyers at doctors, I mean, really being clear about it, having a ref- referred by a, a past client or referred mm-hmm. by a family member or friend is important because it lets you know, maybe word of mouth is what's working. Yeah. It's not working. Um, but so I'd start with that so that you mm-hmm. can get, um, you know, over the next month, let's say some yeah. data on where people are finding you. For me, I am a, an advocate of doing more of what works. So mm-hmm. if you um, have a few places that your information is, is circulating, instead of adding to it um, and, and adding more ways to market, mm-hmm. it might be that you just focus more on the things that are working. And I know you mentioned that you're not really marketing, so it might actually yeah. But you did mention Facebook and Instagram, so you're doing something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing that. Um, not anything paid. So we're just on the directories um, right yeah. now um, and doing like their bare minimum. And I know, I guess, how to market. Like I said, it's just, it's just the fear of more clients coming in. But thank you for explaining like the sales and the hierarchy. So although I have the fear of them coming in, I mean, I, they have to come in in order to make money, you know, and yeah. that the other issues, although impo- are important, and this can be fixed, you know, secondary, because um, we do have some systems in place, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, essentially. But okay, that's very helpful. So retention, and then as sales, so focus on marketing as well. Yeah. And I would start like right now by just having as, as clear of a tracking system for where how people are finding you those that are, so mm-hmm. that um, you can see is there one method that you just are using that you can just spend more time on and highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you find that, uh, it's, it's scattered across all of them. Yeah. Um, and then, but then you can be, you know, kind of at square one with what you choose to market. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really depends then on your kind of your business, uh, as a whole, you know, if, yeah. if digital is something that you like, it might mm-hmm. mean doing an, a Facebook or Google ad. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are similar to me, I'm more community based. I like mm-hmm. our, our largest referral source is, is word of mouth is like mm-hmm. people telling people. So we get do one free presentation a month in the community. And right now they're, they're webinars. Um, but we go to like the local YMCA or, uh, you know, a local nonprofit or, um, when our chamber of commerce has something, we go and speak for free or, um, a local farmers market, you know, like we'll we'll really get in the community and do once a month something for free, um, yeah. and because we know that when we are in the community, we're offering free information and an uh, opportunity for learning for people who um, maybe um, can't afford to come in or need to really mm-hmm. know that they um, that they can invest the money that they do have in it by hearing us and being like, okay, I really like, I really like what I heard. Um, and I'm going to try, I'm going to try it out. Um, so, you know, obviously there's two branches, which is in-person um, community marketing or yeah. this virtual digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start to get a sense of where people are finding you most, you might find that one of these two is something that you want to focus on more. Yeah. 
And then that's a whole other conversation on how to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially in this environment. Yeah. So definitely I'm going to go back to the how did you hear about us and have more tabs because it is very general um, that we have, you know, a couple of directories and then just like online or social media. So I can definitely do that and spend more time in those areas. And then the goal is also to do a little bit more paid um, like ads. Um, We don't run any ads and then community marketing as well. That's always been a dream um, of mine to do more of that. And this opportunities that constantly, you know, present, um, itself. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, it was really good talking to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good talking to you too. I appreciate it. Nice to, to see your face in a, you know, <laughs> non uh, in-person world right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, hopefully that'll be over soon. Well, this is very helpful and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for having me on today, Maureen. You too. You too. Thanks for listening to the group practice exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join The Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.